Hey everyone, welcome back to Teenage Therapy. I'm Gael. I'm Thomas. I'm Kayla. I'm Mark. I'm Isaac. And uh, today we're joined by Taylor Lawrence. Hi. Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much for us for being here, Taylor. That's... Oh my gosh, of course I'm honored. So do you want to tell the audience what who you are, what you do, all of that? Sure. Sure. So yeah, my name's Taylor um Lorenz or Lawrence. I don't even know the right way to pronounce it. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh I write about internet culture for the New York Times. Um so I'm a journalist and I cover things like social media, um, like internet, online trends, YouTubers, uh, all of that kind of stuff um, right. for the New York Times. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, you're a, I mean, Taylor's a pretty big deal in the influencer world. Basically, everyone knows about her articles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I write a lot about influencers. I've probably been writing about influencers longer than like anyone. I, I mean, not anyone, but a lot of people. Um, I'm in my like mid thirties now and I've been doing it for over 10 years. So I remember when there was like the first generation YouTubers, like I was Shane Dawson. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of them are still around. Um, Tyler Oakley, all that. So (laughs) yeah. (laughs) They were the first ones. Um, that's cool. Yeah. You, you, you do a lot of influencers you know people mistake you for like a teen reporter which you're not right yeah I don't really like to it's funny because I mean now that I'm older it's funny like when I started writing about this stuff and kind of working in like online um I I, people really associated that stuff with millennials I made a bunch of really viral tumblers in like 2009 so that's how people on the internet sort of started to know who I was and um everyone just thought like, oh, like viral stuff. Oh, like memers, like that's all millennials. And then now it's like in the past couple of years, people are like, oh no, like that's just Gen Z. Like, which is true. Like, I mean, the internet is like run by teens, but I don't, I write about stuff that happens on the internet, like any age, you know, I, I write about older influencers, younger influencers, YouTubers that have been on there for 10 years and people that just got famous like last week. So Right. It's all over the map. <laughs> were you, were you uh were you always like uh into the internet like when you were younger and stuff? Were you um big on that? No, well, I mean it's it's kind of weird because well, when I grew up we had a computer and so I was really into like AIM and like messaging and like AOL like being on there with oh. my friends. <laughs> I don't know if you guys had like AIM, but I I, yeah. I remember uh AOL I think I do remember that it was like that little green like stick man almost something like that yeah and it makes the like mm-hmm. annoying sound um yeah they, you, it made the worst sound when you logged on so I had to cover the computer with like tons of towels to muffle it so my parents <laughs> didn't hear me logging on like <laughs> that's how it was mm-hmm. um but yeah and then like I don't know I wasn't really honestly I really wasn't into the internet like I had a cell phone in high school and I would play like Snake and Brick Breaker and games like that. But I wasn't really like, I wasn't that online, I would say, until after college. Um, I mean, I had Facebook in college, but Facebook was weird. You didn't really like friend people you didn't know on Facebook. Um, Like, it just was weird to do that. And so I didn't really, I don't know, I was just kind of hung out with my friends. But then right after I graduated is when I, like this girl that my like crappy temp job, um, like showed me Tumblr. And then I was like, Oh my God, I'm obsessed with this. Tumblr. Tumblr. And then, 
Yeah, a bunch of like really early Tumblr users were also big YouTubers. So I became friends with um, a lot of people that were like big YouTubers that way and then started kind of working in media and writing about that stuff. And sorry, that's mm-hmm. kind of long, but that's basically my oh, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, what even was Tumblr? Like, I, oh I'm really God. not familiar with it. I, I know. Think, oh, I remember the pictures, like the aesthetic pictures. Yeah, <laughs> like flowers and stuff. Um, yeah. Glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it really was popular like 2009, 2010, 2011. And then it kind of got like they sold it to Yahoo and it just kind of got less popular. But it, it you'd go and post like memes and yeah, it was like lots of aesthetic things like single these things called single serving tumblers were big, which is like um, it would just be like like I had one Tumblr that was just like all pictures of bagels and like people would submit the pictures <laughs> of their bagels and like I would reblog them and like I know it was things like that. It seems so stupid now because you could just make like an Instagram account of that. And it wouldn't even be interesting, but there just really wasn't as much stuff on the internet back then. Like I remember when my first Tumblr hit like 5,000 followers, like I literally people from the company reached out to me and were like, Oh my God, this is so viral. And now like, <laughs> that, is, that is like nothing. Now. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> The trash mark is like a million for some recognition yeah. now. Completely. Right. Um, so, you know, the way we like to like structure our little our little interviews is we really like to like get get to know you, right, as a person. Um, so we, we wanna we wanna talk to you about like your high school experience because a lot of our audience, like we ask them to tell us questions and ask us questions. And um a lot of them like sent in like, oh, you know, what was uh high school like, like class and stuff. So, um, I mean, what kind of, what kind of people were you around in high school? What were you like? Yeah, it's funny, like, to think back to high school, I actually went to three different high schools. Um, I transferred like a couple times. Yeah. And it was kind of weird. I went to, I went to just the public school in my town in Connecticut. And then I went to an art school. And then I transferred to a boarding school that was like abroad in Switzerland, actually. Which is where I yeah, which is where I ended up graduating from. I was really into skiing and stuff, but it was it was weird because like each high school I went to, I was like in a different group, I guess. Um, so like the school that I went to in Connecticut, I had like a couple friends, but I really wasn't that popular. Um, and then I went to the art school, and I was just like, I don't know, I was too like normie for the art school, I think, and like I just people didn't really like I, I had like some friends, but they weren't that great. And then when I went to Switzerland, honestly, if you spoke English, like you were in the cool group. And um, so I just like was really popular and more than I guess in my other schools. And so it was kind of I kind of really liked being able to get a different perspective on different schools because I mean, I my sister and some a lot of my friends just stayed in the same school all through high school and I feel like they just thought like oh well this is who I am or like I'm part of this group but really sometimes it's just like the school that you're in like puts you in a group you know um but yeah I'm still friends with a bunch of my friends from high school oh really yeah yeah I mean all of us ended up in different cities though but um yeah like my roommate from senior year in boarding school I talked to a lot she's amazing I saw her when she came to the city recently and um, yeah, I and I was actually just at a wedding um, with my boyfriend for his best friend from high school and his six best friends from high school still talk like every week, like they're still best friends. So it's kind of funny. Um, 
I'm not like that close, but definitely we still talk. Yeah, you're still you're still together. That's that's what I find really interesting. Like, do adults remember their like high school friends and all that? <laughs> yeah, I just don't remember as much of the like little things. Like the like, there's one girl I was friends with in high school, and I stopped talking to her, and I don't even remember why I stopped talking to her. I, we had some fight over something so stupid, but she followed me back on Instagram like recently, and I was like, oh yeah, and we just kind of picked up like nothing <laughs> happened, <laughs> even though it's been like 15 years. <laughs> but um, I was kind of. I was kind of like in high school, I'm really dyslexic. I don't know if any of you guys, you know what dyslexia is, right? It's like kind of a learning disability thing. Yeah. 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 I don't think any of us are right now. No. no. Okay. I know Bella Thorne is. Oh, really? Bella Thorne? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Oh. I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun fact. Cool. Oh, <laughs> dyslexia sisters. Um, yeah, it was that was really hard for me because um, I mean, I'm a journalist now, I'm a writer, and I really liked like doing things like that. And I remember after freshman year, I got like put into this like remedial English class because they thought I was a bad reader. And so like I think like it's hard for schools sometimes that don't have I mean, now there's more awareness of different learning disabilities and stuff back then there wasn't. And I think some teachers just thought I was like really stupid and like couldn't read and write. And that was it was that was kind of hard for me in high school. So I basically spent a lot of time on AIM and um, doing like sports and clubs. I was really into that stuff. That's so ironic that you're a journalist, but, you know, you had all that, all you know, struggled with that. Yeah, it happens that way a lot. Um, a lot of people that I work with, we were sort of talking about like teachers, again, it so depends on your school because you can have a bad teacher and that can make you think that you're really bad at something when actually mm-hmm. you'd be amazing at it. Very mm-hmm. true. Very That's true. Very true. Cool. We've had a few of those, right? Yeah. yeah. Maybe hate like a subject completely and just never try to edit again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it sucks because like that could you could end up like working in that subject or career, you know, like you could end up really loving it. It's just. Mm-hmm. A bad teacher. It really depends on the a lot. Um, yeah, but you know, and throughout like your high school life, did you ever like struggle with anything? You know, did you ever have uh, some? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, everyone struggles in high school. It's such a hard time. Um, like that's part of the reason that I switched schools a lot. Um, I kind of was like a little bit depressed. I think I was really lonely in high school. Um, like I said, I had kind of like problems in learning and I felt like I was smart, but I was being put into these like sort of classes for, I don't want to say like slower kids. Cause like, I don't know. So I made a lot of friends in there, so it's not yeah. like whatever, but um, yeah, it was just kind of hard to find my place. And um, I'm the oldest, which I don't know if any of you guys are oldest, but parents are definitely like stricter, you know, on the oldest kids. So I feel like my parents were more strict yeah, on me. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so here is the oldest um child. I am. He's the oldest child. Yeah. It comes with freedom, though. Did, did it not come with any freedom for you? I had a little bit of freedom. I think my parents were, like, more open to certain things, like me leaving yeah. for boarding school and stuff. But at the same time, like, they were really, like, monitoring all of my internet use a lot, like, being really overprotective in a lot of ways. And then, like, by the time my younger sister came around, like she had a TV in her bedroom and she had a laptop and like, you know, an iPhone and all that stuff. And I was like, what? <laughs> I could barely, I had to like sign on to AOL for like an hour a night. And I don't know. So it's, mm. it's just, I don't know. It just depends on like, depends on the kind of kid you are, but um, right. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I've, it's hard. It's, 
it's hard to like, you guys are really, really lucky because you're not as isolated. Like it's, so, I can't explain how it was before the internet, but like, really, like when I was in high school, there was no YouTube, there was no Instagram, there was nothing like, there was no way to like meet people like that you would thought you would get along with or like find people online. Like it was so lonely. So if, if you didn't have friends or like you got into a fight at school, like it just felt like your whole world and it was so isolating. I know there's a lot of bad stuff with the internet too, but mm-hmm. it's just like, it was so lonely. Like you, I wasn't exposed to any, anything really outside of my schools. And that was really hard. Yeah. I bet. I mean, why did you decide to go to Switzerland? Was it just like, <laughs> you know, I just, yeah, it was so weird. Um, honestly, like I, I was so depressed. I, I mean, I had like gone to a couple other high schools. I didn't like the school in Connecticut. It was really big and I didn't feel like I had good friends. I felt like the teachers, you know, were putting me in these like lame classes. Um, and then, so I was really into art. A lot of people with dyslexia, you know, are really creative and artistic and so I was like, okay, I'll go to art school. It'll be better. But the people at art school were just so intense and they were like, like kind of like, oh, I'm a painter. Like I'm serious artist. And I was like, oh, I'm not really like that. <laughs> and they didn't have sports. And I always really liked to do running and track. And so I read somewhere, I think I like read in a brochure or like honestly a story, maybe a book that there was boarding schools in Switzerland. So I just sent away in the mail for like a packet and I applied and I asked my dad, like, if I get in, can I go? And they were like, okay, but it's really expensive. So if you go, like, you're not coming back. And I had never been to Europe. And I was like, okay, I just want to go. Okay, okay, go. I just want to get out of here. I was so lucky. Like, I was so lucky. I was so lucky that my parents could afford to do that. And also just that they, like, had three other kids to worry about. So they were just like, whatever. Oh, wow. um, so would you say, so, yeah. like, your relationship with your parents was, like, healthy? Like, were they always supportive of what you did? Um. They were supportive, but it it was healthy. Like, I mean, I was really like, I'm sure I gave my parents a really hard time because they were kind of strict in a lot of ways. Um, but they were they always let me do kind of whatever I wanted. In some, they they would be really strict in some ways, but then in other ways they would just let me do whatever I wanted, and that was really good because, um, I I was like very independent, and it helped me be very independent. I think like having three younger siblings that were kind of like younger than me and getting into more trouble than me um, was like, it worked out well for me. Cause I was, I was like not getting in trouble. I wasn't like doing, you know, smoking cigarettes or drinking or anything like doing stuff like that. So I think I was just like, look, just let me like go to this random school and I promise it'll be good. And everyone's <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> That's, you know, the, the look, so they gave you like a lot of just um, independence, right? They really just let you do your thing. Yeah. Let you figure it out. Yeah, they really let me like make my own mistakes. Um, I mean, I just I was so independent. I was getting jobs a lot, like all the time. And I worked like all through high school. I would work after school on the weekends all summer. I would work. Um, I got an internship, too, when I was 13. So I had like before I graduated college, I had nine internships just in college. Wow. And I had jobs like I worked also retail jobs, too, on top of that. So I just have always like really liked to stay busy and been a worker and had like spending money that I worked for. And so I think, you know, that was good. It let me be more independent. So um, like, did you take high school seriously? Like, did you take really challenging courses? Uh, I mean, 
I had a really hard time in school. So I was really bad at school. Like my grades were really, really bad. I think my GPA was like a 2.1 when I graduated. I know it was bad. (laughs) It was bad. (laughs) Don't take that as an example. (laughs) It was bad. I I just look at you now. You're you're thriving. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, yeah. Your grades don't matter. I mean, not to be whatever, but maybe I shouldn't say that on a podcast for high school. But actually, like, it's kind of true. Like, they put so much pressure on you, and it's even more pressure today. And seriously, like, it, I mean, they might help you get into a good college, which if you can go is amazing. But basically, Mm -hmm. everyone has student debt now. So I don't even know if it's worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think, like, I mean, I went to a public state school in University of Colorado, and it was great. Um, and I think like state schools are amazing. A lot of people at New York times went to state schools. Like you don't have to go to like a fancy private school. Um, but yeah, I mean, grades, I don't know, people succeed at different things. And I think if you're a hard worker, um, you know, grades can open doors, but sometimes, you know, just, I don't know, like I said, I didn't do that well in school. I was really into after school activities and, and clubs and, and I did track and I was on varsity track and mm-hmm. what's your favorite subject stuff. in school? Um, I loved art class, um, (laughs) because it was creative. Um, I liked, like, I had this really good, um, bio teacher and we did a lot of like experiments outside. Like we would go to the river and like collect water samples. So I liked that, um, cause it was really hands-on. Um, so those those were like my two favorite subjects. I I wonder like writing. Yeah, I think I would have liked writing if I had good teachers. Um, but my teachers were always like, "You're a terrible writer." <laughs> I mean, yeah. one of my teachers told me like she told me I was like the the most terrible writer, and she didn't know how I got into her class because like Whoa. I was so bad. <laughs> I really can never believe there are really teachers like that. that genuinely I say that. I know it's so. I think about it all the time, and it's like I mean, part of the reason it like I would. I thought that I could never be a reporter was because this like ninth grade teacher had made a comment so messed up how they yeah. do that. Like just, I don't think so many teachers realize that if you say like the wrong sentence at the wrong time, it can really affect someone. Hopefully you guys have had nice teachers that haven't said anything bad, but definitely don't take it to heart if they, they don't, most teachers, I mean, some teachers are amazing, but a lot of teachers don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, what w- when you were in high school, did you have any like certain career that you really wanted to have, or was it just mm-hmm. you know just going with it? Well, so I worked um at this furniture shop in Connecticut, um where I grew up, and I thought I wanted to be an interior designer because I loved like choosing the carpet to match the furniture, like kind of helping people design things and rooms, and I kind of just. I don't know. My dad um, runs a contracting company. And so he builds homes for a living. Like his job is to build people homes. And so he would always like go into different job sites. And our home was always on a renovation growing up. We like renovated multiple homes and then moved a lot. So like, I thought that I would do something in like the home building business or like be an interior designer because it's creative. And, um, you know, I just thought I would like that. But um I thought I thought I was more of a people person. So I don't know that that's kind of like what I thought I would do in high school, but I didn't really know. Um, I didn't have any internships and in, well, I interned for this artist, um, this local artist in my town. 
I helped her paint a ceramic cow that went in the mall. That was like my main project. It was so, so ugly. Ceramic cow. Oh, <laughs> so wow. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but that was like, I don't know. So, so I just think that like, it's hard to know. Like I said, now you guys have the internet. I cannot explain how different it was. In like 2004, there was no there was no content on the internet. Like there was barely Google. Like you went to look something up. Like you didn't even know what people did. Like now you guys can see on YouTube, like you could Google like what it's like to be or whatever, you know, like back then I had no idea what anything would be like. So I just, I tried to network a lot. My dad got me this book where you could collect business cards. So I had a business card collection and like every adult that I met, I would ask them if they had a business card and then I would add it to my (laughs) my like that's pretty smart business cards yeah yeah Yeah, the world was so different back then like it literally was just a blank site you could not do anything you couldn't find any information and like now now you can talk to adults like you can just go on the internet and like comment something and like an adult might answer like you can just be in the conversation like back then like I remember emailing people for internships like you couldn't even find people's email addresses you would email and reach out and they wouldn't take you seriously. Like Mm -hmm. now, I don't know. You're just so lucky. It was so isolating. Like I can't explain how depressed and lonely I was because it was so isolating. Like I know now also is isolating and I'm people are still depressed and lonely, but like, I don't know. At least you can watch YouTube. (laughs) At least (laughs) you have to listen to a podcast. But that's interesting. Yeah, listen right, exactly. What am I talking about? You can listen to teenager therapy. (laughs) Without business cards it'd be really hard for um introverted people because on the internet a lot of it's so easy to text right, right. but in real life it's hard yeah. to ask so would you say you were like introverted extra, um, extroverted extroverted sorry yeah i'm it's funny i'm like kind of the same now where i think i'm i'm very like i seem very extroverted but i'm very introverted in a lot of ways mm. um like if i'm in a group i now i'm a little bit more extroverted but i was more I was more of an introvert in high school, I guess. Like, I like to kind of, like, know the lay of the land before I go into it. So I I like to, like, kind of, like, know the people at a party if I was going to go instead of just, like, going and putting yourself out there. Like, I would rather eat lunch alone than try to, like, sit at someone's table, you know? It's just so so scary. I don't know. I mean, did you try to, like, force yourself to be more extroverted because of the nature of your job? Yeah, actually, being a reporter has helped me be a lot more extroverted, but it's it's easy to be extroverted in my job now because like it's my job so I can feel like a little bit more liberty to do so so I can be like hi I'm with the New York Times and people will take you more seriously like whereas literally I was at a wedding I mean I was at this wedding this past weekend with my boyfriend and my boyfriend walked away and like I didn't know everyone and I was trying to like talk and I felt like I was left out of this one circle but I couldn't really go to like another circle so I was just kind of like standing there and I was like ah this is so awkward should I just like but you know it's just I don't know it can be hard to approach people but I've gotten a lot better at it yeah it's that first move on how you like first approach someone especially at like events like those like parties where they all have their circles like what's the proper way to do it like there really is just no like non-awkward way to go about it I know. Now I just go up and I'm like, hi, I'm Taylor. Or like, how do you guys know the people here or whatever? Um, that's like what I try to do. But it's sometimes it's intense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to like how you felt lonely and depressed, how would you deal with it? Like, would you tell your friends or did you mostly just keep it to yourself? 
I mostly kept it to myself. I really couldn't talk to my parents about it because they like, I've tried a couple times and they just like freaked out and thought that I was like, had like depression and like, I don't know, like I probably did, but they just overreacted. Um, cause I kind of understand being a parent, you know, you would worry about your kid when your kid is like, I'm so depressed. I don't want to go to school, but I think they kind of overreacted in a bad way and it made me just not want to talk to them anymore. Um, and I, yeah, I just had a hard time. I really only, I mean, even today I, I have more close friends, but in high school, I really only had a few close friends and, um, I would go on GeoCities websites. Do you guys know GeoCities? No, no I don't. No. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> What's okay. GeoCities was like this thing where like you could set up websites. It was like, everybody had like blingies and gifts all over. And it literally, I mean, if you Google, like every website looks like it's from like 2004. Cause it is, um, <laughs> it's like out of business now, but uh-huh. there was like other teenagers that would make GeoCities websites. I didn't know how to make them, but I remember one time I like found this group of girls that were like also made these websites. And like, I would just like read this one girl's website, forgot the name of it. It was like black background with pink text And I found it like junior year and I was like, oh my God, I wish I could like talk to this girl. But the thing is, is like she had her website, but there was no way to get in touch with her. Like I just really liked her website and it made me feel like she was like writing about similar problems to what I'd have. People would write and post pictures on them and stuff. Um, But there was no way for me to ever talk to her. And I don't really know. Like, I just remember like being like, oh, I wish I could like find other people that had similar interests to me. I don't know, but there wasn't a way now you can find anyone. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's cool. It's like, um, back then probably the best thing would have been to find someone that has like the same problems or interests as you. And there really wasn't an easy way to do that. And now it's just so easy. It's so easy. And like, I went to this school in Connecticut. I mean, my town in Connecticut was like, just really intense and like really like if you weren't like really preppy or really rich like you weren't cool and like it just was really overwhelming and hard to deal with and I feel like I wanted to meet people like outside that bubble but I didn't know how to meet them one time I remember my friend and I went into New York City like we convinced our parents to let us go into New York City and literally we went to like a pizza shop and just hung out and we're waiting for kids our age to come by because we were like we have to meet people outside our town and (laughs) we're just like trying to talk this girl came in like with her parents and we're like hi are you in high school and she was like yeah and we're like oh cool us too and like we tried to get her phone number and her mom was just like are you guys like (laughs) trying to kidnap her or something we're like we just want friends outside of our town in connecticut but we didn't know how to do it (laughs) that seems so difficult that would be literally impossible to do now i don't think i could ever do that um but yeah but but being in high school is really lonely because you just have like an independence like you have a taste of independence but you're not really independent yet and that it's just a hard kind of like middle period of your life i feel like right so like in, in, during your like senior year what was a uh, what was your plan then in switzerland okay. what were you what were you planning on well so i didn't want to leave switzerland i i wanted to travel like once i got a little of a taste for travel like i made a lot of my friends you know at my boarding school were international students so like you know, they're from all over. And I told my parents, like, I don't want to go to college. Like, I just want to travel for a year and then I'll go to college. Like, I don't want to go. I just, 
I want to like live in Paris or something. And my parents were like, um, no, (laughs) no, you're going to college. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned, my grades were pretty bad. So I kind of was like, well, I'm not going to get into any college. So I really only applied to um, both my parents went to University of Colorado and I figured like that meant I could get in with a lower grade point average. And I did, I wrote like this application essay about how I really, you know, if I was going to go to a college, I would want to go to University of Colorado. So I ended up getting in. And then since I got in, my parents were like, look, just go, you're going to like it, just go. And I got there and it was, it was, it was better. It was great. I mean, I, it would have been fun to travel for a year, but I probably just would have been broke living in some random city. Um, So I'm glad that I went to college. (laughs) Yeah. How's college like? So great. So fun. It's so great. The only thing is like student loans are terrible. So don't ever take on debt. Like I cannot express Uh enough how much it doesn't matter where you go to college. Like unless you go to like Harvard or Yale or something, like basically every other school is the same. Like state schools are amazing. You can totally get a job at an amazing place from a state school, like truly. So um, yeah, I mean, University of Colorado is huge. It's 35,000 kids. So it's massive and it's really oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. 35,000? That's, that's a lot. Yeah, it's that's huge. Crazy. And like back then, nowadays, I heard that everyone picks their roommates because you can like find people online through Facebook groups and Instagram and stuff. But back then, you <laughs> you couldn't pick your roommate. You weren't allowed to. And like nobody, that wasn't a thing. So I just got like a random roommate <laughs> and um, she was awesome and we're still friends. So. Wow. I mean, it's cool. You met people outside of Connecticut. Yeah, I was so happy. Like, I mean, I had been at boarding school and I was just like, I just met other people that were cool and not like snobby and not like, oh, you don't have like a BMW. Like, what a loser. Like, my town was so stupid. Like, I I mean, I, I don't know. Like, it's nice. It's a town in Connecticut with good schools, but it also just is full of like really snobby terrible people and um you were surrounded by those type of people uh, it's the worst but all yeah. of those people like suck <laughs> and i'm yeah, like i, I feel so vindicated now that i'm more successful like people hit me up like oh wait, how are you get verified on instagram and i'm like fuck off you were so mean <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, whatever <laughs> so you're in college now freshman year like how, how does it all go you meet people yeah i met a lot of really cool people i joined a lot of clubs like i said i mean i did so many clubs and um like I really liked, because I had a hard time with academics, I really liked like clubs and, and sports and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I, in college, I joined the club ski team. Um, and then I also did a bunch of like other kind of clubs. I ended up second semester rushing a sorority. Um, I was going to ask you about that. You joined a sorority. sorority. Yeah, I joined a sorority. The sorority that I joined like was kind of random. Um, it It was like, it was kind of had the reputation of being like, an athletic sorority so it wasn't really like the coolest sorority but it wasn't like the lamest one I guess it was just kind of in the middle which is like where I've always kind of been and um it was really fun I met like all of these really cool girls who I'm also still really good friends with today and um it helped me like find a social structure on campus I think sororities and frats can be great in a lot of ways but they can also be really toxic um and some of them are like really bad and racist and stuff so I a sorority is like it's kind of like a it's just like this house that a bunch of girls live in and it's it's like a club kind of thing like you have rush week where mm-hmm. everybody like rushes frats and sororities and then like certain houses like choose you to be in it 
and then you're like a pledge. Oh, so yeah, it's like a hive house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they oh, really? choose you, but you, you fill out an application or something. I guess so. Like, like kind of, yeah. At the end of rush week, you visit all the houses, and then you write your top three choices, and then they also select you. So it's like a mutual. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Big. <laughs> and you have yeah. to also pay for the sororities, right? To like join them. Yeah, but. Yeah, but because but but mine was really cheap. Like it was nothing. I mean, I worked. I I had two jobs, and I worked retail, and I worked at this art gallery, and then I was a receptionist at a hair salon, and like it was it was like less than I made in a week. So it was it was cheap. But other schools are ridiculous. Like I mean, I would never ever ever be in a sorority if it was like one of those big southern schools where like it's so much money, so much time. Um, it's really intense, and they're really like judgmental in really bad mm. ways. Like. I would never do that. But at Boulder, it was chill. I mean, Colorado's chill in general. And like, it was really just a way to like find people. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I had a positive experience. Um, What was your major? Okay, so um, I my major was political science, which is so funny, because like, I don't even think I knew, like, I barely knew who the president was in college. (laughs) I did not read the news. (laughs) I did not read the news at all. Like, I just did not. But I um I actually really loved my sociology courses, but I didn't take enough like you had to declare your major. I think it was sophomore year and um my grades weren't good enough to get into like a lot of the selective majors which were like journalism, business, things like that. You had to apply to this separate program and my grades weren't that good, so I couldn't do any of those. So my choices were like pretty limited. Um and political science had the least amount of core credits, which is basically like the classes that you have to take. So mm. I chose it. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> so or was it just like whatever? You're just trying uh, to get through it. No. I like regretted it. I I really did. I really regretted you ever it. You about but dropping out? Yes. <laughs> I wanted to drop out all the time. I tried to get my parents to like let me drop out. Like I think like every year. I just wanted to like move to New York and just like all I cared about was moving to New York. And um I did internships and I would intern over winter breaks in the city and summer breaks in the city. And like, I just wanted to live in New York and New York. my parents were like, you have to finish college. Yeah. I don't know what why. About New York? Like, yeah. I just, because I grew up outside New York and I think New York was cooler back in like the 2000s than it is now. Like now it's, it's still cool. I love New York. I live there now. I'm a, very much a New Yorker, but I think if oh. I was graduating college now, I'd move to LA because the weather and it's just where <laughs> yeah, right now it's all about LA everybody yeah. wants to move to everything LA. is LA yeah everything because like everything's in LA now mm-hmm. but in the 2000s everything was in New York like oh that's interesting this it was before the financial crash it was before everything and like everything was New York like LA wasn't as much of a thing LA was like for actors but it wasn't even like influence you know, cultures we really yeah. elevated it there was no influence there was no yeah. such thing people just had Facebook like there was not even Instagram like it just was different. Do you ever have MySpace? Oh, we, I skipped that era. Yeah. We, I never yeah. made a MySpace. Uh-huh. I never made a MySpace either. I think I couldn't figure it out. And I just determined that it was for like lame people. Because like <laughs> I didn't know how to set up a profile. So like since I couldn't figure it out, I was like, no, that's lame. I remember my friend in high school was like telling me about MySpace. And I was like, no, that's lame. Just because I knew I knew that I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a different era. Yeah, Maybe I, I should have gotten yeah. on there. I could have met some friends. But MySpace famous. A lot of people. I could have been a MySpacer, like, instead of, like, picking up friends at a pizza shop and, like, trying, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> and then what happened to your, uh, to all of your, your, your Tumblr popularity? Did you ever do anything with it or just let it die down? 
I got a job off of it. I mean, really? basically, like, yeah, I mean, that was responsible for my career. So I graduated, it was the financial crisis, like, literally, like, graduating into the financial crisis was the worst time in, ever to graduate, like ever, there was literally no jobs. And especially not for me, because I had all these random internships and really bad grades and like, huh. didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I just worked a lot of temp jobs. And um, so I was just like an administrative assistant and receptionist, things like that. And then I worked retail on the weekends. Um, but Tumblr was great. Like I basically met all my friends from Tumblr. And then I started to go to like Tumblr meetups. I met other like just people that made big Tumblrs and ran Tumblrs. It was just like a very cool creative community. So I made all, I made like some of my closest friends to this day. And um, yeah, I started to get hired. Like all these like media people followed me. All these ad agencies started offering me jobs and I took a job at this ad agency, which at the time was like ad week, ad age agency of the year, like best, hottest agency you could work at. And um, they hired me to do social media for like big brands. So I was like doing social media for like major fortune 500 companies. And then also tweeting for celebrities. So I tweeted for like Jessica Alba and Mariah Carey and stuff like wow. that. Oh, that's a big I, name. <laughs> Wait, how old were you? That tweet? was like, that was like after college, this was in like 2011. Um, Whoa. when <laughs> it was, it was like before people really started to like, it was like before celebrities really started to do their own social media. Cause Instagram was barely around. Like Instagram, I think launched in maybe 2010 or 2011. It was like still not a thing. And Twitter was a thing that like, the marketing team, like Jessica Alba's marketing team would like hire, you know, some, an agency to tweet for her. So it wasn't like, you know, now celebrities post on their own a lot more, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah. All, be all because cool. of Tumblr. That's crazy. Yeah. Tumblr is responsible for my entire life. Like, I mean, <laughs> truly, like, I don't know if I didn't have that. I think I would have just been like, also just, it made me realize what's possible. Like, I think the biggest, like the biggest factor in like not, getting somewhere is like not realizing what's possible and I, I just had no idea that like all of these careers were open to me like I had no idea that I'd be a good journalist I just knew that I was really good at like spotting news and you know I knew that I was good at the internet in certain ways but like mm -hmm. yeah so what did you do with the, the job offers you got it was just journalism and then you just kept going yeah. So I took a job. Well, I took that first job at an ad agency. I did that for like a little, like a year and a half running social media for big brands. And back in 2011 or 2012, I realized that um, the Daily Mail, do you guys know the Daily Mail? Yeah. Yes. Like a big tabloid. <laughs> so I was obsessed with the Daily Mail because I love just like trash news. And uh, they didn't even have a Facebook page. Like they didn't have a Facebook page. They didn't really have a Twitter and I got in touch with them and I basically pitched them and I was like, look, I'm a social media expert even though I was like <laughs> in my early 20s. <laughs> and I was like, you should hire me and just like, let me set up your Facebook page and like, let me just do some social media for you. So they ended up saying yes. Um, I think just kind of being like, whatever this girl, like we're going to pay her nothing and she's going to do this. But it, you know, ended up being hugely successful. So I founded their entire social media, like interactive news group, basically, and I ended up becoming like the youngest woman in management in that company and um, running a team of 11 and like getting really big really quickly, I guess. Wow. That's cool to see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody else was doing it. So I was like, all right, I'll just do this. All right, I'll just do this. And like, I remember when Snapchat, I met Evan Spiegel, the CEO of Snapchat. And I remember when he came in and he was like pitching us on like Snapchat Discover. And I was like, oh, I love it. All right. Like, 
we'll do it. And we were like the first people to sign terms with them to launch a Snapchat channel ever. And like, it was just, I mean, yeah, it was, all of that stuff was really new. So, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just a different world. But yeah, from there, I just once I worked at a news organization, I realized I was really, really good at um, like figuring out what people are talking about and figuring out like, I guess, kind of what important like news was to people and like what mattered to people on the Internet. And um, so ever since then, I've I've worked in news and I started writing about like things that I cared about, like at Daily Mail, too. I kind of um I started to write about popular Instagrammers. I'd write about Snapchat stuff and my stories always did really well. Um, and I just kind of kept with it basically through various different like jobs and career moves and, you know, whatever. Um, so, so did I you ever take any time. writing classes like, or you just kind of went into it? No, I just went into it. I mean, I kind of, yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, really, I, I took like a journalism class when I worked at the ad agency, when I was trying to get hired at the Daily Mail, I was nervous that, that I didn't have any journalism on my resume. So I took this like continuing education class. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like, so stupid. You basically just like paid to get a certificate. And I like, did that. And they didn't even care in the interview. I was like, and I took this course. And they were like, okay, whatever. <laughs> um, but, you know, you really don't need as – the other thing that I realized is you just don't need as much experience as people think you do to, like, do a lot of jobs. Like, you really don't. Like, you just have to kind of do it and you kind of learn as you go. But, right. Um, no, yeah, that's, like, like, what I was curious about. Because when I hear, like, oh, yeah, I'm a journalist, I imagine, like, oh, you took AP Lane. You, like, know all these rhetorical strategies no. and analysis <laughs> and you're, like, a perfect grammar. And it seems really intimidating, but – it's really just like experience, right? Yeah, it's just experience and trying things out and getting better. And like, I mean, my grammar is still not great. But like, the thing is, you have an editor that fixes a lot of that stuff. And like, you know, it's just, you just learn, you just just doing things is how you learn to do something. So if you like being a journalist, just go write news articles and post them on the internet. Like, that's just how you learn. So the editor is the one that's like the technical stuff. Yeah, the editor will fix if you make any like spelling errors or grammatical mistakes. And they also tell you like feedback. It's like kind of like having a teacher where they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, the story doesn't really make sense because you kind of didn't do like, you know, X. And then you are like, oh, yeah, good point. Fix it. That's cool. I didn't know that. It's really important to have a good editor. Yeah. Editors are usually reporters. I mean, most editors were people who were like reporters for a really long time. Okay. Um, but sometimes some people are just better editors than they are reporters or writers. So sometimes it's like they're really good at making other people's work better, but they don't really like to be out reporting themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Bonnie, who's my one of my editors, I think she's like 24. She's pretty young, um, but she is like one of the best editors I've ever worked with ever. Um, she's an amazing writer. She makes every story that I write better. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> that's a cool dynamic that um the reporters yeah. get the story and then the editors they mm-hmm. um clean up mistakes and all that right yeah and they give you feedback yeah. and if your story is really bad they'll be like we <laughs> shouldn't do publish this. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, do you decide everything you want to publish like you just say oh you know i'm gonna go write about this and then you kind of tell them about it so it's really interesting um it totally depends. It totally depends on your job and your relationship with your editor. 
Um, one thing that was really hard for me is that I wanted to write about the stuff that I write about now and no one would accept my stories. Like I remember I was trying to write about like YouTubers or Instagram or just literally everything I write about now, like five years ago and nobody took it seriously. Nobody would take my pitches. Editors were like, no, that's not a good story. No one cares about that. No one really goes on Instagram, like, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, um, so it was hard. So I really had to like pitch editors um, because I was writing freelance. So I wasn't a staffer. If you're a staffer at a place, they have to take you more seriously. But I was just like a random person on the outside kind of pitching. Um, but uh, yeah, but now I have a job where basically my editors are like, okay, we know that you know a lot about this area. So like we trust your judgment. Um, so if I'm like, this is a really important story, I want to write it. They're like, okay, that's fine. Mm. But, um, you know, a lot of editors especially to junior writers would be like, Oh no, you don't really know what's important. Like, Oh no, the real story is this. Cause just cause they, a lot of editors are like older. They think they know better sometimes. Um, and they don't, you know, and a lot of times they do, but sometimes, you know, reporters can have really good news judgment too. So you just have to have a good relationship with your editor. Right. When did you start like um, finally realizing that people were sort of letting you write about all these uh, tech culture stuff? Well, so I was always doing social media strategy stuff and then like writing on the side. Um, and I was really good at doing social media stuff. Like I've always just been really good at like growing accounts and like doing stuff like that. So I just was doing that and writing on the side, but I really wanted to write full time. And about three and a half years ago, I was like, I'm just going to try to write full time. Like I'm not doing any more, like running anyone else's Twitter account. I'm so tired of it. Like it's just so much work and I just want to write and um, I want to write about the stuff I care about. The only people that would hire me was um, the daily beast, which is this website. I don't know if you guys know it, mm -hmm. but it's great. Um, and I talked to the editor and he was like, okay, we'll write about that stuff, but you have to take a huge pay cut, huge pay cut. Like I was making like less than half like of what I was making before. Wait, why? Because they were like, no one's going to care about your stories. Like oh. no one, you're junior and people are not going to like, like, this is just the pay cut that you have to take. And I told cool. my parents, my parents were like, that's so stupid, Taylor. Don't do that. Like, you're getting older. Like, you <laughs> cannot be taking a pay cut. And I was like, whatever. I moved out. I sold all my belongings and I moved into this really crappy, tiny sublet. And I was like, I'm going to do this job for a year. And if my stories don't do well, then I'm going to quit and I'll just go back to running Instagram accounts. I know I can do that. It's fine. Um, and I did it. And you guys, within six months, I had five job offers from like the top publications and wow. for like more than double what I was making and it worked out fine. So sometimes you have to take a risk on yourself. Um, That's so exciting to hear. Like every time I hear this, it makes me want to take a risk. <laughs> the high risk, high reward. Yeah, yeah. do it. <laughs> sometimes they, I've taken a lot of risks that don't work out. So I oh. don't blame my parents for saying that. Sometimes I take a risk and it's stupid, but that's fine. Then you just fix you it. Know, later, you know, any risk that's like, it was a, such a bad mistake. Can you think of any? Oh God, I've just like done a lot of stupid things. Uh, I don't know. Well, I sold an Instagram account for like $50 that ended up that like was like had like one time I got rid of like basically my biggest Instagram account and that was really stupid. That wasn't really a risk. It was more just like a stupid. I had an Instagram account dedicated to like um, like Kate Middleton, like the royal family Oh, and it yeah. was like massive it was like massive and i just got tired of running it and i gave it to some rando for like nothing 
And then I was like, that was so stupid. Why did I give away my biggest Instagram account? I should have just like wiped it and made it my own. Anyway, whatever. That's like a stupid risk. I mean, other things I've quit jobs over stupid things. Um, I, you know, I, one time I was like at a temp job and it was too cold in the office. And so I quit and I thought, oh, I'll just find another temp job like tomorrow. And actually it took me like two months to find another job. And I was like really poor. I remember like, I, I like, yeah, I had like no money to the point that like I had to walk like to work. Like I was working retail and I remember in between paychecks, like I had to like walk like 50 blocks to get to this clothing store I worked at. Cause I didn't have like the $2 for the subway fare. Wow. So how do you, you know, how do you manage <laughs> with all those pay cuts and living in New York, which is, you know, New York. I know. Well, thankfully now I make more money because I got like better jobs and I've gotten like promoted since then and my stories do well, but it's hard. I mean, New York is crazy. I mean, I don't take any money from my parents. I never take any money from my parents. Not that my parents are offering me money or whatever, but um, I mean, it's, I live in like a really tiny walk up apartment that is pretty cheap. I live in Brooklyn. I don't live in like downtown Manhattan or something, but um yeah, it's just you kind of just make it work. I mean, there's a lot of people in New York. New York is also big. I think a lot of people think like, oh, I have to live in Manhattan or, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. no, you can live in Queens. It's fine. Do you like New York? I love it. Um, I think if I didn't live here, I'd live in L.A. Oh. Um, L.A. is like the better city in a lot of ways. But... Really? Why? Um, well, New York is amazing, but the weather in L.A. is better. Yes, it is. And you have more space. Um, which would be nice. Um, mm. And uh, I'm vegan, and there's just a lot more vegan food in LA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Would you prefer to live in LA? I think if my boyfriend, my boyfriend will never leave New York, and so we're probably going to never leave New York. But I, if I was like single and younger, I would move to LA. If I was like, yeah, if I was younger and more and single and didn't have as much stuff here yeah. but i go to la a lot i'm in la like a third of the year so it's fine what's like more important for journalism as or like the city is it like la is good for journalism or new york where's everything at new york is where media is at so new york is definitely where like a lot of journalism is but there's a lot more in other places too so like washington dc obviously there's a lot of politics journalism if you're going to be a tech journalist san francisco is where everyone goes LA is more like culture, entertainment, like pop culture, um, internet-y stuff. If you're writing about Snapchat or TikTok, like those companies are based in LA. So there's a lot there too. Um, but definitely those are the major cities. Chicago, there's some journalism jobs too. Mm, okay. Um, anyway, so back to like journalism. So you're like writing all these articles. They're doing good. Uh, what, what happens then? Um, One thing people like misunderstand is that like people are like, oh, journalists are out for clicks. Like that's definitely true at some like random websites. Like I don't even know, like drama Mm -hmm. website.net or something. But (laughs) especially at like the New York Times, like they don't really care. Oops, sorry, my phone's going off. Um, They don't really care about clicks. They care about like impact and that you're doing stories that matter to a lot of people like that, that people think are important I guess you could say like so it matters clicks but it's not that much um so I just want to make sure that I'm always writing about things in a way that's like empathetic and and fair and that people don't think I'm just like out looking for clicks or something you know so like Um, 
Have you ever written like anything controversial or like did you get any backlash on your articles? Oh my god, all the time. I mean, not controversial, but I will say that like I've written some random articles that people have hated. One time PewDiePie like called me out in a video and I had like <laughs> really? what did you write about him? Okay, so okay. So basically, um, I'll give you guys the full tea since you guys <laughs> maybe you won't. <laughs> okay, so I was supposed to do this profile of Mr. Beast. Do you guys know who Mr. Yeah, Beast yeah, is? Okay. So I was supposed to do a whole profile of him. Like I'd followed him for a long time, whatever. His um his like manager, PR person had been like, yeah, he'll do a whole profile. So I had just started my job. I used to work for the Atlantic before the New York Times, which is a magazine. Mm-hmm. And um I had told my editor, like, okay, you know, I'm writing a profile of Mr. Beast. He's a big YouTuber or whatever. And my editor was like, okay. And he put it on the editorial plan. So when something is on the editorial plan, like like your bosses know about it and you're expected to deliver the story. And if you don't deliver the story, like it's a problem because they've planned for it to be on the website and whatever. So they're kind of like, like if you tell your editor you're doing a story and it's going to be due on a certain date, like they expect it. Mm -hmm. So I get Jimmy, Mr. Beast on the phone and he's really difficult to deal with. And he gets on the phone off the phone with me immediately. And the only question I had asked, I had asked him like two questions, but he was honestly just like really difficult to deal with um and i had noticed that he had said some like kind of homophobic things on his twitter and so i like asked him about it and he like was really rude about it and then just like got off the phone immediately so i asked my editor like what should i do like um and she was like well you know if that's the only thing that he gave you a quote on and that's the only thing he responded to then we'll just write a story about his comments because that's newsworthy so i was like okay so i wrote up the story and like Oh my God. His fans like were ready to murder me. Um, oh, I bet. He has a dedicated like, fan base. There. He like, just honestly, like he said stuff that just like, wasn't really cool. Like he made some jokes in his videos that were like kind of off color. And then he was kind of like using gay as a slur and saying like other things that were problematic words. I'm not going to repeat them, but you can probably imagine. And, yeah. um, you know, he, yeah. And so in that case, like, I really tried to give him a fair chance to respond. And I was supposed to be part of this, like, bigger, nicer profile on him. But that's just how it went down. And now he hates me and whatever. Oh. Hey, he still, <laughs> whatever. still follows you on Twitter, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're on, like, okay terms. But <laughs> I, I felt kind of bad. I think, like, to, to be fair to him, like, I think that he probably said some stupid shit. Oh, sorry for <laughs> he probably said some stupid stuff like that and that was taken out of context and i think like me asking him about it was the first time he'd ever done an interview and i think like i thought he was being a jerk but i think on his side he said like i was actually just like really scared and intimidated and like was scared and so i wanted to get off the phone so i you know i think it was like a miscommunication now knowing having more experience as a reporter i would have handled it differently but I you know, mm-hmm. you live and learn. Yeah. So. Does that happen a lot? Do you get a lot of uh, like bad um, stories like that? No, that was like the only way, main one. I mean, I, I really, really try to be fair to people. So like, I always, I always like, if I'm writing something bad about someone, I tell them what I'm writing about that's bad and give them a chance to respond. So if I'm like, Hey, look, I'm writing this article about all of this horrible stuff you did. Why don't you give me a response? Like, 
they'll give me a response. Like I've also worked in the industry long enough that people generally know me, like people like YouTubers and people on the internet, like I feel like they're aware of me and I, and they like me because I'm fair. Like unlike other journalists, a lot of times that have treated them unfairly or used them for clicks, like I'm really, really, really fair. And I think it's really important to try to like hear every side, you know, like I'll never just like be like, oh, that person's canceled, like screw them. Like I really want to hear like every side of the story. That's your job as a journalist. So, um, so like not, not really. I mean, I've had other things I wrote about this girl who is like, um, sort of a Nazi. Like she's like, I don't know. She's well, I'll actually, there's a, that reminds me of a different girl who's more of like, she's posted like white supremacist stuff, posted like very Islamophobic stuff, told Muslims they should leave the country, like stuff like that. And I wrote about her history of really bad comments and her fans like went after me, but her fans are literal Nazis. So I don't, doesn't care. really matter. Yeah. Well then do you, yeah. think you have like a certain responsibility um, as a journalist to either like uh, expose the wrong side or the, the fair side? Yeah. I mean, I always try to like, I always try to just be fair and like get to the real story. Like what's really going on? You know, um, there's so many drama channels as you guys know, and like drama accounts and like that, that just like, they will expose everyone's wrongdoing in a minute. So like they'll expose anybody that's doing stuff bad, but my job is to more write about like the structural problems. Like for instance, I wrote about this big, um, you know, one of the biggest and oldest social media influencer management agencies that was not paying people for months. They were just Mm -hmm. screwing over huge creators left and right. And a lot of these big creators were felt so embarrassed that they were too too nervous to even speak out about it, even though they were gypped out of like tens of thousands of dollars. And so I wrote about that and that company ended up like having to pay a lot of those people because of my reporting. And, um, you know, there's other times where things I've written about like law enforcement has gotten involved and actually gotten justice for victims of certain schemes. I write about scams a lot so that, you know, I I'm more concerned with that than like whether somebody said something problematic on Twitter when they were like 12, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that seems so, it seems like it would be really fulfilling to like, you know, write something that generally has a a good impact for. Yeah. I mean, I, I have to give my colleagues credit because like I write, I mean, I write that stuff about like, Instagram stars. Um, but yeah. you know, if you're a journalist, like you can write stuff about immigration or healthcare or like really serious issues, um, or like really serious stuff that can make, you know, change, like you can save people's lives with it. Um, but I, I mean, I, I write more about pop culture, so I don't know that I've ever saved yeah. anyone's life. I don't think so, but I definitely have gotten some influencers paid mm-hmm. money that they were owed. That's good. Like, um, okay. So I want to talk now, like, you know, about the whole culture right now internet culture i guess um how do you feel about uh you know kids choosing not to go to college with the dream of being an influencer (laughs) okay so uh, i'm like i would love to hear your guys thoughts on this actually you know uh it's funny because i like i kind of clown on myself because that's sometimes that kind of feels like my plan really (laughs) you've talked about (laughs) it to an extent to an extent it's like you know I mean, what I wanted to do personally is like become an entrepreneur and do my own company and stuff. And a, a large part of that, it has to do with influence, like Jeffrey Star and stuff. I mean, he's a he started his company because of influence. And I think in this decade, we're going to see influence have a big role in like how uh, people do business. So college is going to kind of 
take a, a little bit more of a back seat for some of us. Yeah. And like, I do think it's possible to like become a famous influencer, but I just think the chances, I don't know, it's risky to say yeah. the least. Because let's mm-hmm. say you focus all your attention on becoming an influencer, but like, how are you going to support yourself? You know, like sustain yeah, yourself. True. But not yeah. saying that it's not possible because mm-hmm. you can do it. I think, I mean, I think it's a part of being an influencer like is being an entrepreneur and a small business owner, like you are like doing deals, you're launching a brand, you're like gaining an audience. Like, so I very much think it's like a viable career option and like amazing. And if you can do that instead of college, that's great if you're like smart with your money. Um, But I think that like, there's a lot of other jobs that surround that industry too, that people like overlook, like you don't have to be famous yourself to kind of like be in that world, I guess, like you could become an agent, you could become a manager, you could like start a merch company that helps other influencers make merchandise, you know, like there's just a lot of like stuff you can do Mm -hmm. in that world where it's not so dependent on your personal brand. And like, because as you guys know, like having to respond to DMs, like it's just, it's very stressful to be out there in the public eye. Um, But I wouldn't say that college is always worth it. I mean, college is a huge expense and student debt is not a joke. And, um, you know, I think you should do whatever you can to not have student debt. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, do you, do you have student debt? (laughs) No, but like, thank God I don't have student debt. Like all of my friends have student debt. Like I, maybe I sound insane. Like, I don't know if this matters to like teenagers anymore, but like you guys, like, I have seen friends not be able to get married. I have seen friends like have to quit their dream job. Like my friends have had to leave the city. My friends have had to postpone like major life decisions. Like, I mean, one of my friends had to basically not have a child because she, her student loans are so overwhelming that she cannot like have this baby that she very much wants with her husband. So it's just like, it's so serious. Like, don't sign yourself. I think we ignore it. We well. really ignore yeah, it. We don't really it think about it because they always push that idea. Just everyone does college. it. So it's like, oh, yeah. it's what's yeah. normal. It's it's okay. Like, everyone takes on a little bit of debt for college if you're paying for it yourself. That's normal. Like, it's fine. But you just have to be very careful with it. And I think, I mean, it's different for kids now. But, like, I don't know. A lot of, like, kids that are, like, at least when I was a kid, like people my age were like sold this dream of like go to college. And like, when you have a college education, like you'll be able to do anything. And I think now we're seeing that you really don't, that's not always the path. That doesn't mean that it's not a very good path and that you ever, you know, you shouldn't go to college if you can, but don't, you don't have to go to the best college. um, And also you don't have to go to the most expensive college. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. Sorry to like rant at you guys about college, but I'm like, oh no. No, that's <laughs> really helpful. That's what we want to hear. We really need yeah. it. They just like give people like, I don't know, my friend was saying how like she literally got in these insane loans when she was 18 and like, you know, she's 35 now and they're crippling her life and like, it's just, it's no joke. So be careful. <laughs> yeah. You wrote an article about it, right? Yeah. I've written like a few things about that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, back to the whole influencer yeah, thing. Yeah, so back to the question of being an influencer. Like, I think it's I think it's possible if you're smart about it. Like, I think if you want to start your own brand or, like, build a business, it's smart. I think if you're just out for fame, it's not going to last. Um, yeah. You know, like, look at the people who were big YouTubers, like, five years ago. They're not <laughs> big now. Like, obviously, like, Shane Dawson, Jeffree Star, that's the 1%. Like, 
if you think about it, like athletes, right? Like those are like the LeBron James, like those are the elite of the elite. Most people are not going to get to that level. You know, it's a, it's funny you mentioned them because I wanted to ask, so like our whole thing, our whole brand is a vulnerability and like, we really want to show, you know, our problems and be really open with them. And, uh, I, I'm wondering how you feel about that because especially in in youtube it seems like there's a trend nowadays with that um like with jeffree star and shane dawson you know they did their whole documentary and like they they were really open about their struggles and their their past and like that made so many so many of their fans like literally just be so loyal to them because they could relate so do you think like vulnerability might be um the next trend instead of like this perfectionist um, theme that was like pretty frequent the past few years? I think so. I mean, I think I wrote a profile of Emma Chamberlain like a year and a half ago. And like, I think part of the reason that she got so big and like Joanna Sedia and all those people that came up like that style of YouTube, like editing, I think people really like where it seems more authentic and like people seem more relatable. And I, I think that like, also, I mean, like, look at all the big YouTubers that have had, like, public meltdowns. Like, do you guys know Elle Mills? I don't know if you follow her. But, like, oh, yeah. Like, I love her. Yeah, like, she had a really hard time and, like, posted about burnout. And, like, burnout is something that a lot of people talk about now. Whereas, like, it used to be that everyone just expected you to, like, you know, live this life and, like, no one talked about it. So I think people are being more open about it and being more open about struggles. Um but it can be hard. I mean, just maintaining that kind of a schedule and, and being an influencer, I would say, is a very grueling job. And, um, you know, so I like I, I do think that the trend is to be more more like vulnerable. I think also just people want to feel that like people want to watch that. Like people have really complicated, messy lives and it never really gets that much you never really have it all figured out no matter how old you are, you know? And so I think like people like to see that in influencers, they don't just want to see perfection. So I think Mm -hmm. it trends towards that. But of course there's still aspirational people that you want to follow, but I think there's more people being vulnerable, which is good. Yeah. Um, There's a, there's like, I mean, that also kind of has to do with like cancel culture, which is, has been really big lately and kind of problematic the toxicity around it yeah i do you, did you guys do an episode on cancel culture have we i think I so i think we briefly covered yeah. it yeah. Briefly on like a social media it. episode yeah. yeah yeah it's really 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 toxic um yeah. it's it's not it's not it's not that it's bad to hold people accountable because people should be held accountable for what they do of course yeah. but i think that like the views and the stuff that you say especially when you're young can be so fluid and people say the dumbest things like I don't know like people also change so much from when they're young like and I don't just mean I don't just mean like you know middle school or whatever like people can say dumb stuff in high school college whatever even after and some of them really do want to learn and improve um and I and I just feel like people like that you know everybody makes mistakes people should be a little bit kind to them um but i don't know i, I yeah. wrote about like the james charles tati like drama last year when he lost all those subscribers and like that was just like a good example of like that whole backlash was like kind of for nothing you know yeah it did nothing like it really yeah. changes not much that's, that's yeah. just weird to see someone maybe even grow from it um, yeah it's interesting 
But it's hard. A lot of times when somebody's being like, quote unquote, canceled, they'll just like dig in because their refle- their like reflexes to just be like, well, fuck you, you know, or, or sorry. For yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know. It's it's a it's a hard line to walk. I mean, that's what's so hard about the Internet now is that you have to be so public and out there and everything can be held against you. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, how was uh, <laughs> you said you were like with Dixie today? How was that? Yeah. I think I saw it on your story. Yeah. I didn't know if you were there, if it was something you posted, but like it was a Brandy Melville store. Yeah. Oh my God. So like, um, I'm writing about this photographer Bryant, um, who I do. I don't know if you guys know him. Yeah. 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 Well, who's who's Bryant? He's this like photographer who photographs is, like mainly influencers, okay. like the popular ones. Mm-hmm. Does he have an Instagram account, yeah. and that's where he he's um, very publishes work? Yeah. He's okay. At, at Bryant. Yeah. He makes yeah. Okay. I'll give him a follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He makes a bunch of like Snapchat filters and stuff too. If you follow yeah. him, like, so I was with, so I'm doing this around him. I wrote about Hype House and I went to the Hype House um, over the holidays. And so I met, you know, everyone in the Hype House, including like Dixie and Charlie and Addison and all of them. And so when, uh, yeah, when I came to, um, or when Bryant was coming to New York, he, he was like, oh, I'm going to be shooting with Dixie and Addison. And I was like, oh, I want to, I want to say hi and see them. And, um, so I just went and met up with them and yeah, it was crazy because like the, Bryant was shooting them on this playground and there was basically no one around and it was empty. And then they were like, let's go to Brandy Melville. And we walked into Brandy Melville and literally the store had to like sh- shut down. Like it was mobs, mobs. <laughs> they ended up having to go out onto the street. Like it was crazy. I was like, Oh my oh. God, I forgot what this is like. Um, <laughs> but I, when I was in that, actually in that exact same neighborhood, I was with David Dobrik cause I was writing about, his pop-up shop and like he they had to shut down the whole city block because there was thousands of people that showed up for him which was are you serious yeah crazy they were like the police were like really unhappy and they were like who is this guy it's like all children (laughs) it's weird they're youtubers and like you know like the a lot of people don't know who they are but they're so famous at the same time i think they're so famous to people that are like on the internet and know them but then a lot of people that are like like some random like 50 year old police officer is like not gonna know (laughs) yeah oh wow but that's that's the thing i like about my job is that like i mean it's such a fun area to write about i would say like it's more fun than writing about people like Brad Pitt or like Jennifer Aniston or some, some people who are like such yeah. big stars where they have like agents around them and you can't even talk to them. Like, I don't know, influencers mm-hmm. and internet people are, are like, it's just a more interesting fluid. Yeah. Wasn't Brad Pitt trending like yesterday or something? Yeah. Well, there was all those pictures of him <laughs> yeah, and Jennifer yeah. Aniston, which I was like losing my mind <laughs> over. And no, but like I posted about it and like somebody this somebody DM'd me like what why is this such a big deal? And I was like, Because they were together. I feel like people young people now don't remember when they were together. So it doesn't Yeah, I really had that. no clue and then I saw everyone like just so losing it over them. Uh that's like who I was obsessed with. And Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears when they were a couple when I was growing up. I, oh, I remember that. I remember Yeah. That. Yeah. Really. Yeah. It's fun. Oh, wow. Anyway. You know, oh, I, I was like on your TikTok and it, it was crazy because you showed up on my For You page. Um, oh, my God. No. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, um, and because you posted about Charlie and that just exploded. Your, yeah. Your TikTok. That was so it's crazy. funny. So like I, I just like upload. I don't post like myself on TikTok really. I just I mean, I write about TikTokers, So I feel like I'm on TikTok all day, but I don't really post. I'm like a lurker. 
and I upload like random videos and I just put it to sound sync and like, like photos of the snow or like just random <laughs> stuff. But I took a video of this um, girl singing on the subway and it went like super viral and it blew up and I was messaging my other friend and I was like, Oh my God, I got like 30,000 followers on TikTok. Like what the heck? And he was like, Oh yeah. And then he, my friend also works at NBC and has, uh, you know, written about hype house and stuff. And he was like, Oh yeah, I posted my like videos of um, Charlie and like, you should post those, like those get a lot. And I was like, Oh, I just was clearing out my phone, but I still have some videos from when I was at hype house. Like I'll just upload them. And I uploaded them and it got like 5 million views. That's such a cheat. <laughs> Those people are going to be so disappointed when I go back to uploading my like random. <laughs> I know they follow you because they think you're there. Like yeah, they think I'm like in the hype house. I'm going to be like, nope, sorry. It's just me. This like ancient woman in New York that you have no interest <laughs> But whatever. TikTok is crazy because like, anybody can blow up like it's so random like right? i don't know have any of you guys got tiktok famous uh well no. some of guy i was like tiktoks they do pretty well i've right? got like you know i get to like 100k views and then it stalls out i haven't oh. got like past like 130 100k is good though yeah, it's, yeah it's i good. guess so is... um, i think i'm at like six thousand followers for which videos wow. i think i did like a I was in a thrift store and yeah, I tried I out that. some like yeah. monochrome outfits. Oh, that's my yeah. most popular. Like thirty k likes on that. Yeah, like you know yeah. what? That's funny about TikTok is you could do some like scam stuff or like things that are like not even real and they get views. Like I made like a fake discount and the end it said it like it gives you Air Forces for twenty dollars and people were like, it's real and that got like two hundred fifty thousand views. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. That is wait yeah fake. I feel like there's a lot of fake stuff. Yeah. On there, but that's yeah. Because it's so easy. You just have to, like, pretend something, you know? It's just, <laughs> oh, my God. It's so stupid. I um, wrote about TikTok clubs. I wrote my first front page story ever at the New York Times. It was about, t- like, TikTok clubs in different high schools. I don't know if your oh high school God. has a TikTok club, but there's so many high schools that have TikTok clubs. So you meet up after school. And make I think it was in the pro- in the someone was trying to make one, a TikTok club. Yeah. At our school? Yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. I didn't know that. Wait, what do they, what do they do in the clubs, though? So I went to um, this high school outside Orlando, Florida, and I went to their TikTok club meeting. And um, they basically, they put like a projector up. They all like crowd into this classroom. They have a projector up. They watch a bunch of TikToks together. It's <laughs> <And then laughs> <laughs> just like, what? And then they, and then they like, are like, okay, everyone go off and do TikToks. So then they like break up into groups, <laughs> like, and then they make a bunch of TikToks and then they, and then they like, I'll post them and then see who's one like does the best and then like they judge the winner. That's kind of fun oh, though. Yeah. It's like a competition. Yeah. 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 And then the school, the school, like they have gift cards and stuff, and they get like a ten dollar gift card to like Chipotle oh. or whatever. That's cool. Wow. It's like a school sponsored activity. Mm-hmm. No, that seems pretty cool actually. Yeah. I would I would join that. <laughs> another, yeah. yeah. Another high school in Dallas has TikTok Tuesdays and the entire school um that like can compete in a tiktok competition and you get to like sh- shout out during assembly or something it's funny though because like the usually every school has at least one person that's like tiktok famous so they probably would not join that club because you know their their egos probably a little they're too big i asked yeah. like um my boyfriend has all these cousins in high school and they go to school with noah schnapp i guess his name is like oh, really stranger oh, things yeah, he goes to like my boyfriend's cousin's high school, and they were like, "Oh my god, yeah, he's like so famous." But people try and take like creep shot videos of him at school all the time, and it's like an issue. Um, 
but yeah, it's hard. It would be hard to be like the most famous person in your school. I feel like you would get bullied. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I saw like um a TikTok where who was the other actor, the one that has like uh, the teeth? Dustin. What's his name him? though? His real know. name? Isn't yeah. it I don't know his Dust- name. Oh, I don't know. That's his T V uh, show name. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but I saw a TikTok of him and he was like, um, some dude is just coming up to him and like, oh, look, there's the famous kid. He's like, what's up? And it's just, they're so oh. casual about it, but so, you know, they're still there. Yeah, I feel like that more famous people live in LA, though. Like those kind of yeah. schools. But yeah. You know, every, every time we go to LA, we think we're going to see a celebrity. Just and, uh, walking down. Yeah, just stage. walking down. My goal is to actually look for David Dobrik every time we visit LA. Every wow. time you visit? Yep. You got a good chance. You have to follow my, one of my friends. One of your friends, what? Oh, one of my friends met him. Oh, I saw him in LA. Hmm. I was going to say, you have to follow those like accounts that just like like David Dobrik updates or whatever that like post everything. Oh my like gosh. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just a lot of the cool stuff about journalism, TikTok, all that stuff. You guys have any questions? To think if I yeah. Is there anything you, you wanted to say to like teenagers? Like anything you want to rant about? Oh my god! Other than like, like ranting about student loans. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like your listeners are gonna listen and be like, "What is this?" No, I swear they're probably so uh, into it. um well actually just one thing I want to say which is that like um I think like not to be like oh you guys have it so much better now like it was so hard in my day but really like you you know just even the ability to have this podcast like is so amazing and I just think like being able to connect with people is like a superpower and like so good and so um no, it's just really cool to be on the podcast. And I think everyone should, like, if they are feeling lonely, like, reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you. You know, you should start your own podcast. <laughs> yeah. to totally see it. Um, excuse me. I had a podcast, and it's rated one star on iTunes. <laughs> one star? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Can you say the name? Um, it was called Like and Subscribe. And basically, my friend and I had it, and we just talked about YouTube stuff. And like the thing is is that we had all these troll like we had my she writes about gaming and so she wrote something negative about a game that people didn't like so they like downvoted it mm-hmm. and then i wrote about some influencer that like i don't know basically it was the worst podcast <laughs> also we we um recorded it in my friend's like apartment building and um you can hear like the heater clanging in the background and it's really bad quality <laughs> Well, we everyone all, like uh, the comments are like what is this like why are they in like a cellar it's <laughs> <laughs> the dynamic um yeah well thank you so much taylor for joining us really great talking to you thank, thank you, you guys yeah, also really i enjoyed the advice truly a lot of good advice for us yeah yeah wait also tell everyone like um I don't know if it's still recording. I feel like I can hear myself. Oh my God, you probably totally can echo. Yeah, that was like what we were worried. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to say like um, anybody can reach out to me too. I'm always happy to talk to high schoolers if they're interested in journalism or if they like just want to talk about anything or if they want a tour of the New York Times. Like just, just, just DM me. Like my DMs are open everywhere and I always respond. So anybody what, can reach out. What's your app? Oh, I'm at Taylor Lorenz. So at T A Y L O R 
L-O-R-E-N-Z mm. on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. Go hit go. her up. If you like journalism, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Taylor. Yeah, thank, thank you. you guys thank so you. much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah.